Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. Hi. So uh, the month of October is empower, right? Live your empowered life. That's my whole dealy do. So of course, empower has to be in here somewhere. And the definition of empower is to give power or authority to, listen to this, to authorize, enable, permit. So my question to you is how do you empower yourself? Are you giving yourself your own authority to make your own choices, to live your life the way you choose or are you giving your power away? Are you giving it away to someone who is disempowering you? And then the flip of that is or are you surrendering that ego voice, that ego thing so that to a higher power, right? To a higher authority, there's a difference. One's spiritual and one's human. So empower. I can't wait to see what happens with all these other podcasts this month. I, I'm fascinated to see how everybody's gonna be talking about empowerment. How cool, enjoy the show. So welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. And I have an interesting, guest. Uh, she's a coach. She's an author. And, uh, and I'm so curious what we're going to talk about today, um, because the title of her new book is called Ever Wish You Got Hit by a Truck. Oh, I want to welcome Jennifer Crowley. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Susan. Thank you for having me. And I am looking forward to this conversation. I got to tell you the, the, the book title, I, and I got chills. Oh, holy moly. I got chills. The that's what caught my attention. I'm like, just, just, I got to talk to the woman that wrote a book with that title because I, it, it's not, do I wish I was hit by a truck? I've often felt like I was hit by a truck. I understand. So, so would you share with everybody what your story is and what led you to write this book? Absolutely. I think the best place to start would be me in my late thirties, just about to roll into my forties. And I had the life that I thought I was supposed to have. I was married. I had a son. I had a big job with a big title, vice president, general manager. And I was absolutely miserable on the inside and no one really knew about it. I had, I had taken care of everyone and everything else around me for so incredibly long that there really wasn't much left for me. Yeah. I also, around the same time, um, I think imposter syndrome may have begun to creep into my life. And I really had this need to be perfect. I had this need to make certain that everyone saw me in a certain way, that I was successful, that I could easily balance all of these things. But I was just a mess on the inside. And I started hiding myself behind a mask and really kind of fading away from the people around me. So all that was left was that shell that looked positive, successful, and all those other things. There really wasn't much left of me on the inside. So 
I had gone through this interesting six-year period where I had my son who was growing. I had this fantastic company that really had come to define me that was growing by leaps and bounds. My mother was diagnosed with breast cancer and she went through treatment. My father was in a pretty horrific motorcycle accident. And then shortly after that, the president of our company, unfortunately, was diagnosed with stage four cancer and passed away. So just as all of these things were happening um, and everything else was kind of falling apart, that company that had come to define me was sold to a larger organization. So all of these things happened and I'm pushing right into my 40s and I'm really starting to feel like, I don't know that this is really working for me, but I'm just gonna keep pushing forward. So the company was sold. I began fighting every single day for, whether it was resources for the company, more time with my son, because I really didn't feel like I was being a good mom at that point. And I really started struggling in my marriage at the same time. And it simply got to the point where my son deserved to have two houses filled with love and one full of anger and bitterness. So at the age of 41, I went through a divorce. It was an amicable one, most definitely, but that was difficult. It woke me up a little bit, though. It made me realize I needed to start taking much better care of myself. And some of the things that are so important in my life now, like meditation and eating well. And, you know, some of those basics really started creeping into my life at that point in time. So that was fantastic. Um, And right around that same time, I feel like the sale of that company really started exposing weaknesses in everyone in your personal life, professional life, et cetera. And more and more, I found that people were coming into my office, closing the door and really bearing their souls to me about their unhappiness, their need to find something that was more fulfilling, you know, different things. And I just got to the point where I walked into my office one day after probably a string of meetings. And I said out loud, it's not supposed to be this hard. And it was about everything that was happening in my life at that point. It was about my personal life and my professional life. And I walked into my boss's office and I gave notice and my 20 year career in the wine industry was over. And I was on to find something that was more fulfilling where I could help people on a regular basis. And that's kind of where all of this begins to go on a little bit, but that's, that's the story. That's where my story starts. Okay. So Jennifer, I just have to ask you ever wish you got hit by a truck. It sounds like you got hit by a truck multiple times and backed over and then hit again. I mean, that's a, any one of those things you just described is enough for one person to have it all going on practically the same time how did you i don't know how you how did i get through it yeah uh the the very first thing that i did that changed my life was meditation most definitely Mm -hmm. i was actually sitting in our marriage counselor's living room right my former husband i never call him x i call him former it is much kinder it is so much more gentle and he will be part of my life forever so that's that's how we decided jennifer you're very gracious i don't use those kind of uh I understand. I understand. I I absolutely do. But I was sitting in her living room and Uh she looked at me and she said, you know, would you consider taking an antidepressant? And I looked at her and I said, you know, I think I'm going to try meditating. I had never meditated before in my life. I had just read an article about it. And that started just this amazing journey forward of meditation, 
taking better care of myself, mindfulness, uh, positivity, all these other things that I think are incredibly important. Yes, absolutely. And it sounds like you took to it like a, a, a duck to water kind of I did. So I needed, I needed it. I needed something to work. And I was so open to whatever I needed to do to change my life in natural ways. That, that was my approach. That doesn't work for everyone. And I'm supportive of anyone who needs to take medication to feel healthy and happy on a regular basis. But, but this was my path. Yes. And, uh, and it also sounds like um, it. So just for people that are listening, this kind of a pathway of moving from a, a corporate structured environment into a very uh, uh, less structured is actually part of our, our given, um, when we come in, we already have a blueprint for accessing our inner wisdom and our self-love, we have that already. So, so lots of people, I don't know about you, Jennifer, in your coaching, but I have people come to me and, and one of the things I have to say at the beginning is you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you that you're having these feelings or you're, you're feeling depressed or, or stuck or you feel like you're forcing your life to be happy. That, that's not a brokenness. That's just an unawareness that this other avenue has always been available to you and you just have to start acting on it, right? Agreed. The thing I like to say about being stuck is that this is fantastic. You recognize that you're stuck. You already know you need to make a change. Now let's lean into it and find that path forward that will make you happy. Yes. And for lots of people, that's not a fun thing to do. It's frightening. It can yeah. be scary. It is isolating if you don't have a good support network, or if you've spent years hiding yourself away, you're starting from ground zero. You know, you are finding that thing that will work for you and pay the bills. And then maybe you're also opening yourself up to the people around you because they don't really know you anymore because you've been hiding away. It's something that I see over and over in the women yes. that I'm working with. Yes. And the hiding away thing is, is like, a, um, protection mechanism 100 percent, right so that because and especially for uh women that weren't ever taught how you know there was no modeling in the home of self-love self-care you know uh it was i mean i mean i know in my household it was there was always something to get done you know and you had to you know show up happy even if you weren't, you know, and that kind of stuff. And, and that's a, like you said, a mask, that's a false facade that keeps us from really uh, knowing ourselves first. And I, I really believe that that's the primary uh, reason for being here on earth is to learn how to know ourselves first, and then we can give out to others, however we support them. It's just a shame that so many of us have to wait until we get so far into our lives to realize it. Yeah, I don't, you know, that's an interesting um, comment, Jennifer, because, uh, you know, we were just talking about our sons before we came on. And I don't know for myself if I, I was not really aware as a teenager, I was intuitive, I was empathic, but I didn't know what to do with that. So I just stuffed it down. And 
in my 20s, it was the same kind of thing. I just kept stuffing it down. So I don't know if, it, if we need to have life experience to kind of pry open that can of worms so we can look at it. Or, you know, I, I, I often, I'm watching the younger generation coming in and they're so awake, you know, new babies, their eyes are just, they see you. If you look in a, a newborn's eyes, they are looking right at you. They aren't, they aren't, you know, kind of like, where am I now? They're like, I'm here, I'm here. And so I think uh, the generations that are coming in now are coming in more consciously awake and with that technology brain chip that I didn't get in order to really begin their life in, in, a, in a way that it is fulfilling for them and not doing like what you described or what I did of just hiding more from myself and therefore from everybody else because I didn't know. I would agree with you 100%. And I do see that with my son. My son is 17 years old and he is making heart-centered decisions. Mm -hmm. It's not something that I would have been able to even consider doing when I was younger. I had no idea that that even existed. And I applaud him. And I do applaud these generations that are coming up and they are setting their life, their path in the beginning. And they are doing the things that they want to do. And they really don't have the stomach to do a lot of the things that don't line up with who they are on the inside. And, and yeah. bravo to them for it. It's one of the things I tell my son over and over. He's looking at college. He's looking at what to do in the future. And it always starts for me by telling him, I want for you to be happy. Everything else will come from that. Yes. And I wasn't told that. I have clients that say, well, I didn't know I, I was supposed to love myself or respect my, nobody told me that as a kid. I didn't even, how would I have even thought of doing it on my own unless I worked with a group or unless I worked with a, a coach? So yeah, it's, it's learning the things we didn't know. And yet we intuitively, like I said earlier, that pathway was already downloaded in us when we came onto planet earth. So Jennifer, let's talk about this, your book. Okay. Do you want to get back to the title? Do you want me to dig into that a little bit? Yes. I'm so curious. Absolutely. So I really wanted to reach out and touch those women and men too, but it really is about the women that are sitting there in their unhappiness, that are so stuck, that are either by themselves as a silo, but they just feel powerless. Mm -hmm. And I wanted a title that reached out and grabbed them right there. And Ever Wish You Got Hit By A Truck is actually my story. It is me when I was about 35, company growing by leaps and bounds. I had a five-year-old son at that point in time, and my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer by then. This was all the same time. And I imagined on my drive into work getting hit by a truck. Now, nothing catastrophic, oh, but enough God. so that I would need a few days off. Or I thought if something like that were to happen, maybe I could finally take a look at my life and make changes because I know deep down this isn't working for me. So that, that is where my story comes from. But it also applies to people who are so miserable that they do want something catastrophic to happen. I, and I wanted to reach out and, and get those women right there in that space. I have a similar story. I'm nodding my head as you're talking because I was so unhappy in my marriage that I almost died. And, and 
I became a type one diabetic at okay. age 32. Wow. And I was like, how's that happen? You're, you know, you're, you're supposed to be this age or that age. And I, I didn't know, except that I knew that if I got really sick, they would love me. Yes. That yes. was the thought form that came once I was healthy again. I was like, oh my God, look at that had been playing in the background of my mind. So thank God you didn't get hit by a truck. Right. Right. Yeah. But and I hear women wish it sometimes. And, and I hear people do really connect with that title mm -hmm. and I, great. So connect with that title. And then the next thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to empower you with the tools you need so you can make that change. It's that simple. That's, that's what this book is about. It so is what are some women. of the tools, <laughs> Jennifer, that you're, that you're recommending? Yeah, absolutely. I, I've broken this book up into three parts and I won't delve too deeply, but the, that first part is definitely inspiration. And I feel like before you can even tackle something significant, you need to be inspired. You need to hear that other people have done it and they have survived and they thrive. And that was a good opportunity for me to tell my story because I do want for people to see, look, I went through it. I took all of these things I'm about to teach you and I made changes and you can do it too. It's very simple. And I tried not to make it all about me. I'm sharing my story to support others. Yes. So once you move beyond that inspiration, the second part is preparation. And this is the meat of the book. This is chock full of different things for people to use. Women may know how to do some, all. I don't know that there's going to be a lot of women that don't know how to use any of these tools, but I hope I find those women and I hope I give them these tools so that they can make changes. You know, it starts with simple things like self-love. It starts, and that is a very basic and can be a broad topic. It rolls into setting boundaries and how important that is so that you can really focus on yourself. And we move on to teaching you how to journal. If you've never done it before, and I know there are more people who haven't than have, and they just don't know how to get started. So halfway into the book, you've got six steps to get yourself journaling and you're working. You're not just reading the book and you're not just inspired and thinking, wow, these are great things that you could do. You're working. I put you to work and you're going to start doing these things. I love uh, that, Jennifer. And, and as you know, I am all about journaling and and uh, and that's what I t teach my clients and my students. And a lot of people say, oh, well, I don't like to journal. I, I, I'm like, I, I get it, but you're gonna do it in a different way that gets the garbage out of your head. Yes. So you can learn to love yourself. Yes. Fabulous. Important. I feel Very like important. that is one of the most basic necessities on a journey of self-discovery and change. You got to have a place because some of these women reading this book might not have a support network yet. So you got to start talking about what's going on in there. And to your point, getting that garbage out before you can move forward. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, and then we move on to laying down a strong base of health and just some basic things to note. But the things you put in your body and how you treat yourself have a direct impact on who you are and how you show up every day. And I know we all know that, but I think we all could use a reminder and we have the opportunity to be better every single day. So that's incredibly important to me. That chapter is important. The next step in these build on each other, it's about positivity and optimism how incredibly important those things are. And I even talk about the law of attraction and some people love it and some people hate it and don't want to hear about it. 
but it's about raising your vibrational energy every single day mm -hmm. to give yourself that leg up so that you can move forward. So, and, and for people that are listening, it, it sounds very easy to do. And, and it is, if you, if you jump in, you know, if you say, okay, I am going to change, you have to, don't you find Jennifer that, that it's the work gets done more easily when we say, okay, I'm done. I am changing now. Absolutely. You need to decide to make it different. It's like giving yourself permission to be happy. Now, how, 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 why, why, why do we have to give ourselves permission to be happy? But we do. It's, I, I just ran into this myself personally. I had a spectacular trip in France. Our host family was just showering us with hospitality. And the first day or two, I was like, no, no, please. That's an, that's too much. Don't, oh, please, please, please don't give me all that. And I, I, I went home and I looked at my spouse and I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? Yes, I'll take some more, please. Yes. So giving yourself permission to be happy is like huge. 100%, 100%. And then just a couple more and then I'll get off preparation. But mindfulness and meditation will change your life is the name of a chapter and a step. And it, that is enough said. If you want to delve into that at all, but I, it, it changed my life. It saved my life. It, it, it started me down the path of who I am. Personally, I hear so many great reports and responses from the people that I suggest take two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. It's not scary. Let's demystify this and just get started. I, I, and I totally agree with you. I've been meditating since I was probably 18 and now I'm a ha ha ha. <laughs> and um and my meditation practice has shifted over the years and uh and I'm always fascinated when it changes again and I'm like oh I'm not supposed to be doing that and, you know like I used to sit for an hour and a half wow and just, wow and 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 god knows what I was doing then but it was helpful and now I do 10 minutes I'm like okay good got it grounded go you know, and, it, and I don't think it's because I've been doing it so long. I think it's that I, I just allow my practice to shift. And I, one of my favorite um, spiritual mentors is Michael Singer. And he's written a book called The Untethered Soul. And he has a podcast now. And he was talking on the podcast about just take 10 minutes in the morning and at night. And it's not about quieting your mind. It's about becoming the observer of your mind and all the stories that are running through it and all the whatever mishigash and just observing. And that right there is all you need to do. Agreed. Agreed. And I say in the book that um, my lucky number and favorite number is 13. So if I can oh, hit 13 minutes, is it really? Yes. I just got chills. It's my lucky number. If I can hit 13 minutes of meditation, I, that is a fantastic day. I know that some days I just cannot quiet my mind. I'm all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I just, I forgive myself for being human. And I'm grateful for that time, regardless of what I did while I, while that time was running and I move forward and I teach the same. Awesome. Oh my God. Yes. 13. I, it's a sacred number, everybody. It's not a scary number. And my son was born on Friday the 13th. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, I just got chills again. Yeah. Yeah, I love so, that. Yeah, 13. That's a great suggestion, actually, of hitting, 
you know, deciding how many minutes, you know, some people, their number, lucky number is seven. So seven minutes, set a timer for seven minutes or 13 minutes or however long you can do it, but do it consistently, right? Agreed. Agreed. Yep. Consistency beats length is exactly yes. what I say over and over. So yes, grab a few minutes. It's so incredibly important. Uh, and then we roll on to using your inner voice. And to me, that is so incredibly important. Learning to trust yourself and those feelings that just bubble up, game changer, most definitely. We inherently and intuitively know what we need. We just need to get other people's garbage, our ego, whatever else is, is in the way, and get super clear and connect with it. And the reason why the inner voice work comes after meditation and mindfulness uh -huh. is that you, you these things build on each other. If you mm -hmm. can even grab two minutes of mindfulness and then try and connect with your inner voice, you have a much better shot of getting there and actually listening to what it is telling you. Okay, so what is, how, how do you define your inner voice for, for people that haven't, you know, investigated this kind of stuff? No, absolutely. It is um, your truth. It mm -hmm. is that thing inside of your head when you can take a deep breath and relax. And actually, let me say not inside of your head because it doesn't always come from there. It is this knowing that comes from within you. And I do a much better job of explaining it in my book, but it is um, after you take your ego, which is the voice in your head that is loud, chatty, bossy, negative, um, all of those other things. And after you can recognize that and then look beyond it and ask yourself questions and see how your body responses to them. And things that are for you or appropriate or yes, have this light or lifting feeling. They can emanate from your heart or your solar plexus when you know that you're making a decision that is right for you. Things that may, may be wrong for you, they come up with more painful, sharp feelings. You can hear no. You can see words no. There are all these different ways that you can connect with your inner voice. And it's incredibly personal. I was very lucky to have connected with my inner voice when I was younger. I lost that connection, unfortunately, yep. as life goes on. But I can remember being a teenager and sitting and staring out the window and considering things. And the answers would come up, and this may sound crazy, but I'm trying to demonstrate that this is a very individual thing. The answers would come up, and I would type them out on an imaginary keyboard with my fingers. And that is how I knew it was coming from me and from within me. Again, people listening, that might not work for you, that might not come up in that way for you, but it is something that is so intimate and personal and such a part of you that, that you need to connect with it. It will tell you what is right. It will tell you what is wrong. It is your internal compass and warning system that says, yes, this is good. Yes, this is right. Yes, this really feeds you and the person you are on the inside. I love that, Jennifer, and I love the imaginary keyboard uh, thing. And, and for me, uh, that's where I, when I'm journaling every morning, I ask my inner wisdom, oh, you know, I, I just say I'm listening and then I write down whatever I'm hearing or kind of seeing or feeling. Sure. sure. And when I go back and, and read it, it's pretty practical and, and amazing. And yeah, so I love that. 
we already know what we need to do. We already know what will serve us. We just need to get connected with it and believe and trust. Those are the other things that we need to do. Believe so and the, trust, yes. Ourselves, ourselves. So then the last part of preparation is to gather a support network around you, begin to allow yourself to be vulnerable and get comfortable realizing what your authentic life and your authentic self. Again, another phrase that gets thrown around, but your real life that makes you happy, that is in line and aligned with your wants and your needs and your desires. That is the last step of preparation. Because I do feel like there are plenty of women who really need to start they're not self-loving. They need to learn how to journal. They need to lay down a healthy base and kind of stair-step their way up through this preparation before they get to their jumping off point and can even begin to make the big change. But here's the cool part. They're transforming themselves along the way. And we don't even really talk about that, but that, that is a wonderful That's, byproduct. Of yes. It. Well, and so in my mind, Jennifer, it's the whole reason why you why you would do any of this work is to transform yourself from the inside out, not Absolutely. your externals. Your externals will change as you naturally grow and change. But I want to I want to kind of tap on the support network thing because I've I have had several clients that have friends, one or two friends. But as we begin to delve in, they can begin to see where that person or that person isn't necessarily their friend. So how would you recommend people develop a support network? I had one when I was going through my big divorce and I had several people sure. in different areas of my um, support system. So I knew I could call this person to make me laugh when I was sobbing and that person to give me practical information and that person for, you know, so how do, how do you recommend someone who, A, maybe doesn't have a lot of friends? Because first of all, people I think turn to their friends, but then how do they discern if that friend is really a, a support? You bring up such a great point. It's incredibly important and something that I do talk about. Start with your family and friends because they are most likely the people that have been around you the most. But you really do need to take care that those people aren't bringing their own fear or insecurities or opinions about what your life is supposed to look like. So you really do. That is step one. You need to discern. You need to make certain that those people are good supporters. Mm -hmm. The ones that aren't, you need to possibly set boundaries or you might not have the ability to open up as much with them as you need to. You do need to recognize that and you need to do it pretty quickly too. The next step for me would be to look for other people who either have made whatever changes you're looking to make or are right smack dab in the middle of them. Those people who have done it, you can most definitely learn from their mistakes. You right. might get some good ideas about how to do it. You just need to be careful to remember that your path is your own. You can't take on exactly what they did, but you can gather inspiration from what they're doing. And if you have a group of people who are currently going through kind of a similar situation, you definitely, that is one of your strongest support networks. That is, those are the people who understand what you're going through, where you're at, your depth of whatever pain, sadness, et cetera, that you're going through. Those people will give you more motivation 
than almost anyone else within your support network. Your family and friends are there. They can support, they can celebrate, they can do all those other things, but it's really those people who are smack dab in the middle of, of something that you're in that are going to be your, your strongest part of your network. Yes, and, and that goes right back to the beginning of finding inspiration because we can mm -hmm. find inspiration from the people that have, um, that have navigated the path that we're currently on and have gotten to places of happiness and freedom and feeling good about themselves. So yeah, absolutely. So um, Jennifer, how, how can people get in touch with you? Absolutely. So if you'd like to con connect with me directly and here I do wanna say one thing about this. Mm -hmm. I wrote this book to create connection and to foster support. I really want to hear how this goes. Mm -hmm. If you, if someone decides to buy my book, I want an email from them saying, oh my gosh, this is what I'm doing. This is fantastic. I really, the book doesn't end with me publishing it. So please reach out for me. My email address is jen at changeablecoaching.com. And my website is changeablecoaching.com. You can leave me a message there too. I cannot wait to hear. I want to know that this book exists and that it is changing people's lives. That, it, that is it. That is the long and the short of it and the reason why I had to write this book. I love it. And the book is called Ever Wish You Got Hit by a Truck by Jennifer Crawley. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me today. I, I am always gifted in conversations like this. Thank you for doing the work that you do. And thank you for telling your story and being that support system for others so that we can all get to the, the beauty of and the truth of our lives with, without all that garbage. So Agreed. thank you. Agreed. Susan, fantastic conversation. What an amazing connection. And thank you again for the invitation. You're, you're welcome. And number 13, man. Oh, yay. <laughs> so I'm just going to end with, and so it is. Namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanborrell.com. You can see all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanborell.com. So that's it for today. See you next time.